Yes, I love that. I love it. The comeback. The comeback is our series that's starting in two weeks, and we would love for all of you to join us. There's so many things that are coming back, coming back to life, and coming back to life here at Providence Church. And so in just a couple weeks, you're going to see many things that used to be a part of the life of our church coming back. Providence students, high school and middle school students are kicking off. All kinds of fun things for Providence kids. We have our Thursday night worship returning in person on August the 12th. We'll have new service times starting on August the 1st on that Sunday. And so that'll be in-person times and uh, online times. So you'll see a bit of an adjustment there to 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. We'll have a Worship Without Walls service event in August. The Providence Bible Academy is coming back. Care Night is coming back. We are so pumped to welcome you both in person and those of you who will remain online. But the comeback is not just about a bunch of things coming back to a church. What we're going to be talking about is us coming back, like in our lives, coming back to strength and confidence. And so we're going to look at a really cool story of David in the Bible. We just wanted you to know about that. And the reason we're telling you about it two weeks early is because we want you to invite people. We want you to bring people to church or bring people to your living room. You know what? The thing that people need the most in our world right now is Jesus. And they need to hear about Jesus. And one way that you can be a part of that is by inviting. So we're showing you this video because you can share this video. We'll have some invite cards that'll be coming out, all kinds of things, ways that we can help bring people closer to Jesus. I can't wait. Here's our scripture for today. It's from Matthew chapter six, starting with verse 25. It says this. Therefore, I tell you, let me tell you this. This is Jesus speaking, okay? These are Jesus' words that he really said that have been passed down all these years. Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you shall put on. Jesus says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Jesus asks, are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubit to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In this scripture, Jesus breaks it down pretty simply. Like what I mean is like he pretty much breaks down our life in a simple way. And if we can follow it, what I mean, if we can kind of follow where Jesus is leading us in his mind, in our mind, if we can follow it and let it sink into our heart, there will be no one who hears this scripture today who won't be changed. If if you'll kind of follow what Jesus is saying. So I want to run through it just a bit. So Jesus is saying, you don't have to be anxious. (laughs) You don't have to be anxious. Now, you will be anxious uh, you can be anxious about some things, but Jesus is saying, you don't have to be anxious. So we're, we, we sort of say, okay, that sounds good. What, what else do you have to say, Jesus? What, say more. And he says, you don't have to worry about what you eat or what you drink or what you wear. So Jesus is saying, you know, the things you worry about, 
You don't have to worry about those things. And then the peculiar part of this is Jesus says, look at the birds. He was probably teaching people that were outside. There may have been a bird around. There may have been a bunch of birds around. And Jesus says, take a look at the bird. The birds aren't worried about growing their own food, like sowing seed and and then reaping a harvest. He says, the birds are just sort of taken care of. And then Jesus says, you are more valuable than birds. And then Jesus says, look at the flowers. He actually chooses a specific flower, the lilies. And on this occasion, it doesn't seem like they're looking at lilies because he says, consider the lilies. Consider the lilies of the field. He's saying like, bring to mind, uh, bring to your imagination the lilies of the field, the flowers that you've seen your whole life. And Jesus says, consider how they grow. Consider how they look so beautiful. But Jesus is saying, but they're not working like crazy. There is no angst to the flower that uh, they have to make themselves beautiful in some way. They're just connected to the ground and receiving sunlight. Jesus says, if God clothes the flowers, then God will clothe you. Don't be anxious about it. (laughs) He says, don't worry about it. God knows what you need, Jesus says. God knows everything you need. God will take care of you. Jesus is saying, uh, God's got it covered. And so we ask or wonder, so what do we do? And Jesus tells us, he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these other things will be taken care of. All these other things will be yours as well. All these other things will be added unto you. Jesus is saying, just put your focus on God. Look to God seek God, put your mind on the things of God, and this, these other things that are very important, food, drink, pants, <laughs> you know, I don't know, shoes, shirts, whatever. He says, the other stuff will come. The other stuff will be taken care of. Uh, we hear this and we might think, that sounds a bit like an oversimplification of life. It's definitely a simple way of saying it. Look at the birds, look at the flowers, you'll be taken care of. We might say to Jesus, But Jesus, life is so complicated. (laughs) My life is so complex. I mean, it's all this stuff. I don't know that I could distill it down to just looking at a bird and feeling better. That all sounds nice, but the simplicity of it does not sound realistic. Look at the birds, look at the flowers. Really? That's, That's what we're supposed to do? You know, I think about some of the things we're facing. So many in our community, in our church community, we have children and students who are facing a lot, a lot emotionally, a lot spiritually, and we're working, we're striving to try to help them, but we can't find a simple answer because what's going on is really complex. You know, a year of isolation and things being pulled away and the way that culture is speaking and there's all these messages, it's a lot, it's complex. Or maybe with our physical health, you know, we want the doctor to be able to say, just take this pill or go to this rehab and you'll feel better. But it really, it's, it's more complex than that. And it feels like um, just a guessing game sometimes. I, I wonder, isn't that some of the angst of this last year, really, that we've been through? It's so complicated. Some people want to tell me like the COVID-19 the COVID pandemic or the political issues we've been facing are all simple. I say to you, no way, no way. You know, we try to simplify it to make some people really right and some people really wrong. Like that would help us if it was that simple. All these people are all the way right and all these people are all the way wrong, but really it's not that simple. It's not a simple thing to face a pandemic with a virus like we've never faced before in a politically charged time like none of us have ever lived through. It's a complicated time. It's a complicated time, Jesus, we might say to him. Look at the flowers, look at the birds. We're drowning here in complexity. 
I remember I had a coach when I was younger, and uh, he told me, he said, keep, uh, you may have heard this acronym of K-I-S-S. He said, keep it simple, stupid. And he said that to me. Like, you could say that to things, <laughs> you, you could say things like that to kids in the 80s. It didn't, it didn't matter. I don't think you can say it now, but we didn't care. We just rolled with it. We just figured coach was right. So coach said it to me because I had trouble, and I still have this trouble. I had trouble remembering to do the main thing, the fundamental things, when I had a lot on my mind. And so when I had a lot on my mind, I would forget to do just do the thing that I was supposed to do. And, and so he would say, keep it simple, keep it simple. And if you neglect the main thing, your main job in sports, it doesn't really matter that you have memorized the defensive schemes of the other team or you're guessing what your opponent is gonna do, what the other player might do, and then your reaction to that. And so I was on the basketball team and I was playing point guard on the basketball team and it was short-lived, <laughs> you'll see why. But I actually forgot during a game after our opponent scored, I forgot to bring the ball down the court. And the job of the point guard is to bring the ball down the court. But our coach had been telling us all these things. I, part of my job as a point guard was to call plays and to know what plays to call based on what the other team was doing. And if their team did this, I had to change that. So I was thinking about all these things and I forgot to bring the ball down the court, which is the job that I was supposed to do. And so my coach had to call a timeout before there was a five second violation because the guy who was trying to throw the ball in had no one to throw the ball into because I was supposed to be receiving the ball and I was on the other side of the court. So coach calls a timeout and he brings us over. We gather together, the guys from the bench gather together and he's speaking to me very loudly. I don't remember him saying the word stupid, but I do remember him asking me a question. He said, Jacob, did you have a mental lapse? And I looked him right in the eyes and I said, yes, sir. But the thing is, I didn't know what a mental lapse was. I didn't even know what he was saying. I could just tell by the context clues that yes, sir, was the right answer in that moment. And so after the game, I asked my dad, uh, we were pulling out of Lakeview Elementary, and I said, dad, what is a mental lapse? And he said, oh, a mental lapse is when you forget something that should be very obvious. And I thought, oh, yes, I did have a mental lapse and our team got a new point guard after that day. <laughs> Jesus is saying, keep it simple. And the way he says to do that is to look at some very simple things, to have a, a main focus. He says, seek him first. Keep that first. And Jesus is saying, if you can keep that first, that simple thing first, well, all the other things will be taken care of. You see, simplicity doesn't mean that there aren't a lot of things going on or a lot of things to think about or a lot of things that we're responsible for, or it doesn't mean that it's easy to keep things simple. It just means you, can't, you, you, you can stay focused on one thing or a couple things. And when you do that, it actually helps you more to take care of all the other things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all those other things, they'll be added unto you. It may seem strange today, but our spiritual pathway for today is simply to live simply. Simplicity. Now, we've looked at some things this summer, I hope you've enjoyed it, I have, that maybe make more sense in staying connected to God. Prayer, fasting, serving other people, studying the Bible, things like that to connect with God. Well, today, I want to tell you that one of the best things you can do in your daily life to connect with God is to keep it simple sons and daughters of God. Francois Fenelon, who was a French missionary and later a bishop in the 17th century, he called simplicity the pearl of the gospel. 
The gospel just means the good news of Jesus. And so uh, this French missionary and then bishop, he found that keeping things simple was actually the pearl, the good stuff, the value of the gospel, that there's actually a simplicity in what God is offering to us and what Jesus is saying to us, that if we can grasp that, a bunch of other good stuff happens. So here's what he said, uh, Fenelon said, that if we can grasp the simplicity of the gospel, it will lead to these things in your life. Think about it. He says, simplicity leads to openness, gentleness, innocence, cheerfulness, and peace. Imagine it. Openness, being more open to God and to people. Imagine being more gentle. I had a morning that I woke up this week. My first words to Rachel, my wife, who's the person I love the most on this earth, my first words to her were not gentle, but harsh. And I was like, geez, I started there? How do you start there? How does your day start there? And I realized that my mind and my heart were clouded by a lot of competing and complex uh, things. Innocence, Fenelon says, is a result of simplicity in your life. You may think, well, why do we need innocence? Well, uh, we actually don't have to be as jaded or as cynical or tainted. Yes, I said tainted by all this world throws at us. That's one reaction to all this world throws, of, throws at us, to be jaded, to be cynical, to even be tainted by it, to take it on. But if our life is simpler, we can live in a more innocent way. Cheerfulness. Who could use some more cheerfulness in their lives? And then peace. What Jesus is talking about in this verse, to not be anxious, is found in actually grabbing hold of somehow the simple vision that Jesus has for our life. So the way that we do that, live simply in a world that is so complex, is actually, I think, pretty simple. I'll try to explain. First, you have to understand there's an inward simplicity that we have to seek after. Um, the inward simplicity leads to a more outward, simple life. So when we think about living simply, you might think about you know, some things that are outward, but that doesn't happen unless the inward simplicity is happening. So you can straighten up your closet or get rid of you know, your clutter or fold your clothes in the Marie Kondo way or whatever you want to do. You can simplify outwardly, but if there's no inner work, you'll just have a better looking closet, which is not a bad thing. But what we're talking about is a spiritual discipline, a spiritual discipline of simplicity. Jesus was talking about our minds, our hearts, our souls, our spirits. When he said, look at the flowers, he was trying to get something to happen inside. And he knew if we could simplify things inside of us, then suddenly we would find ourselves more open, more gentle, more innocent, more uh, at peace, more cheerful even. How do we do that? Jesus says, seek first the kingdom. Seek first God's kingdom in your heart, in your mind, with your will, with your motivation. Seek first his kingdom, seek his righteousness, and all those other things will be taken care of. You see, seek first of God's kingdom is an inner decision. It is an inner motivation. It's an inner claim that we make day after day after day after day. Notice Jesus doesn't say, though, just seek God. What does he say? He says, seek God's kingdom. Why? Because if we aren't careful, we will get caught up in other kingdoms with other kings. Actually, other kingdoms are vying for our attention and our allegiance all the time. Here is the harsh reality about our harsh reality right now. Our culture is off. What I mean is it's actually sick in some ways. It's, um, it's not godly, and most of the forces of culture, if not all, are not seeking after God's kingdom. They're working out and working on other kingdoms. 
And so if we are not intentional in who we are seeking and which kingdom we're seeking, then we'll be off. And what happens when you go after those other things is you don't find peace. You end up really, really anxious. Richard Foster, who wrote this book, The Celebration of Discipline, which we've been leaning on during this time, he said, it's time to awaken to the fact that conformity to a sick society is to be sick ourselves. If we conform ourselves to all the ways of society, which is sick, uh, we will be sick ourselves. If everything we seek lines up with another kingdom, then uh, we will feel all out of whack because <laughs> we weren't made for that. We were made for God's kingdom. So what does Jesus do? This is incredible. This is what, what does Jesus do? He puts our eyes on the created order. He turns our attention towards the created order that God has made. He actually says, what you need to do right now is look at a bird. Interesting. Look at a flower. Okay. This is Jesus pointing us to how God created things. The birds are fed. The flowers are clothed. You will be too. He, he wants us to see how God created things. The, the way that God put things together is, is a way that where we are taken care of if we keep our eyes on him. So he says, seek first the kingdom of God. That is the simple inner decision that we must make every day. God's creation is beautiful and it is, it is grand, um, but it is simple. And when we see that created order and how it's taken care of in a very simple, intentional, loving way, we begin to ease back into that place where we're supposed to be seeking God's kingdom first. Uh, the Jerusalem Bible uh, has uh, a way of saying Ecclesiastes 7.29. It says it this way, God made man simple. And here man just refers to humanity. God made man simple. Man's complex problems are of his own devising. So God's created order is simple. And then we do a lot of other stuff that makes it complex. And we do live in this world. So we're not trying to get out of this world. I'm not saying that. We live in a world that's full of complex, complex problems of our own making, of our, simple, of our sinful activity. Uh, sometimes the complexity is made by bowing down to all kinds of other idols. But we do live in it. There's competing interests, competing devotions. And so we have to start simply in our hearts every day to get back looking at God. Because if you're like me, you are prone to a mental lapse. <laughs> Do you know what a mental lapse is? So simplicity starts inside, and we are called to start our days simply. That's the practical word that I have for you today, is just to start your day simply. To pursue the pathway of simplicity, you'll have to start there every day. I don't know how you choose to set your alarm at night. I'll tell you how I choose mine because my mornings are all different. I, my first appointment will be at a different time or the first time we have to get a kid somewhere is at a different time. So every night I kind of have to do this backwards timing thing from the moment that I need to be in my truck, usually with the kid going somewhere to the time that I need to wake up, right? So I have to do this backwards timing to figure out how long is it going to take me to do all those things to get to that place. So from, you know, making a lunch for a kid or myself, feeding the dogs or getting a kid ready, getting myself ready, getting the permission <laughs> slip sign, getting coffee made, watering a plant. I don't water plants, but I thought that might be something some of y'all do. You know, we have all these things that we have to do before we get to that moment. And so I try to time out how much time will I need to get to that point where I'm sitting in the truck with a piece of toast on my lap, you know, pulling out. Uh, I say all that to say it's pretty complex. 
There's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff I'm thinking about, a lot of stuff that I have to do to get there. It's not simple. My mornings don't feel simple. And so I have to make sure that I wake up with time before those things happen to pray, to be still, to read scripture. That's something I've been doing for over 20 years to seek to have the discipline where in the morning I get myself thinking about God. And let's be honest, I'm a pastor, so within the course of my normal day, I do have other time for praying and reading the Bible, and I do those things. It may be easier for me than it is for you. But in the morning, when I'm starting my day, I take 15 minutes, and I sit still before God in a simple way to remember whose kingdom I'm a part of. Right now, I've been using an app called Lectio 365. I just wanted you to see it and refer it to you. Pastor Mark told me about it back in September. I've used it every day since then. I highly recommend it to you. It is very simple because all you do is you hear someone read to you some prayers, some scriptures, you breathe deeply, you sit still, and you remember whose kingdom you're a part of. If you want to pursue the pathway of simplicity, which leads to openness and gentleness and cheerfulness and peace. I recommend highly starting your day simply with God. And this may sound like a hard word, but I'm going to say it. If when you do your backwards timing, you can't figure out that you could give 15 minutes or 10 minutes to God, it's very likely then that you will end up seeking after other kingdoms as the day goes on. So it's an intentional decision, which is sort of what a spiritual discipline requires. An inward seeking of simplicity leads to a more simple-looking life outwardly. (laughs) So once we kind of get things more simple inside, then our outward life is very much affected by seeking God's kingdom first. It will affect your finances, like like what you buy and how much you will buy. We'll be affected by seeking God's kingdom first. It will affect what you eat, like how much you eat. Um, You won't have to fill your belly up as much or in the ways that you did before when you're seeking God's kingdom first. It will affect your clothes. It will affect what you hold on to. It will affect what you give away. It will affect how you look at nature. It will affect how you look at people. It will affect how many gadgets you need. It will affect how you attend to your phone. It will affect if you attend to your phone when you're attending to people because it's it's not simple to do that. It's complex to do that. But money and phones and gadgets and and clothes are not bad things. And people who seek God's kingdom first oftentimes have money and phones and (laughs) gadgets and clothes. What we're saying is if you seek God's kingdom first, all those other things will find their rightful place. They won't be gods to you. They won't be idols to you. They won't be kingdoms that you seek seek after. So probably the best line I found from our spiritual mother as mothers and fathers about outward simplicity uh, sounds something like this. First of all, if we think about outward simplicity, we have to refuse to be a slave to anything but God. That's not my line. I found it from some of our spiritual fathers and mothers. But just to simply outwardly, how are we going to live an outward simple life? We have to refuse to be a slave to anything but God. Just refuse. Just refuse today. Like you get the choice. I get the choice to be intentional with our lives, to be intentional with my heart, to be intentional with my devotion. And so I can refuse. You can refuse to to give yourself, to be a slave to anything but God. You can say, I will not be a slave to my calendar. I will not be a slave to my addiction. I will not be a slave to my boss. I will not be a slave to this unhealthy relationship or to fancy shoes or overeating or whatever it is. Jesus is my king and my outward life is going to show evidence of that because I have made an inner um, disposition, an inner choice. My motivation is to follow him as my king. And so by, by doing that, we find ourselves then more gentle, more open. We find ourselves cheerful in the midst of a world that doesn't seem that cheerful. And amazingly, 
we find ourselves at peace. Jesus says, you actually don't have to be anxious about that, about this or that. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers. They do not labor or spin. They're taken care of. They're beautiful. They're connected and they are receiving. So if you're like me and you're prone to a mental lapse from time to time, (laughs) perhaps the best word we can hear from Jesus today is just to set your mind, set your heart on God's kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Let us pray. God, we ask that you would help us to make that inner seeking in our own lives, to seek you, your kingdom, and your righteousness, and to trust that all these other things will be added unto you. And so as people, God, we admit to you that we are prone to worry about this and that and the other. We admit to you that we are are, are very likely to have a mental lapse even today. And so God, help us to remember, help us to center ourselves on you so that we can trust you and we can find that peace, which is only found in you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.